it is episode 508 of the Chair Shop Podcast. Back here on our Monday night slot. Busy wrestling night tonight. Monday Night Raw. The next round of the everyone's favorite Joshi promotion, AEW, with the next round of their tournament on the YouTube. And most importantly, a new edition of CSP. Uh, I'm your host, Barry. Joined as always by the co-hosts, Paul. Hello. And the town man. Hello. How are we doing, fellas? It's been another it's been another wild and wacky week with tons of goings on in our lives. Um, I'm trying to think what I got up to this week. Um, that I don't. Um, <laughs> this is a great start. Uh, I got an email off Microsoft saying they got my uh, uh, memory card back, so that's good. So now I just have one. All right, Scott. <laughs> I just have one. <laughs> um, that's about the peak of the excitement for uh, for uh, uh, this week for me. It was obviously Pancake Tuesday earlier last week. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had some delicious pancakes here, and then also on Saturday we went for a walk, went to the market, which is still open in a limited capacity, and I got I got a delicious savory breakfast pancake. It was egg. Bacon and cheddar in a crepe. <laughs> Fucking hell, it was so good. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've had quite the pancake week, as it were. Uh, but that's about the peak of the excitement for me. Very good. How about you, lads? Well, we're, 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 listeners won't know this, but we're recording this in the new Zencaster, which is the name of the application we use for recording our show. And I'm I'm looking at Barry for the first time in two years, probably. I don't know. When's yeah. the last time I saw you, Barry? No, no, not two years, but maybe a year and a half. It's funny because actually, um, Brona was asking me there. Apparently, I mentioned the video podcast on a recent episode, and she was asking hmm. when she was asking me when it was. I I could not remember. I can't remember when that was. Was that four years ago or something? Uh, 2015. More. 2015. Was it twenty fifteen? September twenty fifteen. Years. Yeah. Fucking hell, I wasn't even close. I know why Joe and myself remember when that was, because that was the Man United Liverpool game where Martial scored. Ah, yes, of course. And we watched it again after it was over. We watched it again because we enjoyed it. I think we watched it three times. <laughs> Something like that. So, yeah, I know that was the 2015 16 season. It was the start of it. So, yeah, six years ago, last time we um, videoed it up. But I actually. Yeah quite like this joe is on his pc so it doesn't have the camera unfortunately but mm. i never actually thought about from a recording perspective how the visual um medium adds to the having a chat with your friends feel as opposed mm. to it being just you know your voices just a podcast it's yeah. very nice um i was trying to think actually no I, I, for some reason my, my my brain went straight to the video podcast i have of course seen you since at ott and stuff that's what i mean i mean yeah. last time we saw each other was like a year and a half OTT. yeah yeah um anyway week wise um we're minding a little dog uh it was not here at the moment there for there might be a dog run in later for barry and joe they might see Excellent. a dog on this podcast, yeah. a little um, husky palm mix, which you don't see Ooh. very often. It's like a little tiny husky. 
<laughs> probably probably about the size of a Jack Russell, Ooh. give or take. Yeah. Um, and she is like ninety percent the perfect dog, right? In that she don't bark, she quiet, she lie down, she do sit, paw, all that stuff, right? All the hits, yeah. Uh, does all the dog greatest hits, but will just on a whim drop trow and squeeze <laughs> squeeze one out. Oh. No. No uh, little patter by the door or none of that. Why did you so, buy one with trousers? First of all, that's the first question. And so last night, after a day of the dog being good but doing a little, a little whittle on the floor here and a little poo in the kitchen or whatever, we're like, all right, the dog is all weed and pooed out now. Let us go to sleep, and we wake up in the morning. We let the dog out in the morning. Uh, so I wake up at about three a.m. With the pitter patter of dog feet going back and forth, uh, like at the end of the bed, right? So it's going up my side, going down, pitter patter across the end of the bed, up to Natty's side, and back and forth. So that wakes me up, and and we we turn the light on, see why is the dog doing this, and maybe the dog needs to go out to the toilet or something. Mm. Uh, new already a puddle of peace and vigil shite. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We we get up out of bed. We have little um, wipes that we, like, you know, obviously pick up the poop to get rid of it, as you would do in a park or whatever. Clean up the, the, the urine. The, 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 right. Back to sleep. That'll do. <laughs> I swear to God, five minutes later, a smell hits my nose. The smell of that. Larry, you know, you're, you've had dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the same for cats, Joe, possibly, but that hot shit <laughs> smell. <laughs> Light goes on. Oh my god! It's like human size shit. Like uh, not in one big pot. Like, I was like, pounds. Like, oh my god! It was crazy. Loads, loads of shit. So oh. I to go to bed, and then fair enough. The dog let us sleep in a little bit because I'm I'm not working so early this week. I'm on like half nine. I start so dog jumping on our faces at like. 8 30 that was fine because i was afraid that that dog was going to then wake me up at like six in the morning mm-hmm. and be awake but the dog was considerate enough to do uh to not to do that so like i say now every time like we'll be sitting downstairs watching tv and the dog will walk out to the kitchen as dogs do just to look around and i'm getting paranoid every time right I've been look, is the dog, dog doing a shit in the kitchen again what's going on so like i say apart from that the dog is perfectly well behaved, perfectly trained, not potty trained for whatever reason. So we're starting that process. Remind this dog now for three weeks. Uh, so ideally, we wouldn't have three weeks of that, but it's very possible. But like I say, apart from that, the dog is very good. Um, what else? So yeah, no goody February uh, continuing. Uh, I'm really starting to want some sweets and stuff. Like I'm starting to feel like uh, I'm a bit tired of this now. I'm yeah. tired of anything, like anything. Like today I had um, toast for breakfast, which I guess that's as close as you'll get to um, to a goodie, bread and butter. What? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's very, very fucking kill myself. I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, prison food is almost <laughs> But uh, I don't know, sometimes when I eat something like that, I used to, after, have a little 
loop-de-loop or some little treat. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know sweetness to watch them. Uh, there's, there's some moments during the day where, like that, I'll say, <laughs> like, I'd almost be bargaining with myself, even though I know I'm disciplined enough that I won't have anything. But I'll be like, one little, because I know I still have super splits in the freezer from before I went on my Oh. on my um, pilgrimage. I said, one little super spit's only 64 calories. Like, you're fine. But I haven't broken. I'm, what am I, 22 You're nearly there. Away. You're nearly there. Like, you know. days away. And there's definitely a McDonald's happening on 1st of March. 100% it's happening. But, um, yeah. Aside from, you know, overindulging and all that is one thing, but what I've realized this month is that Treats and snacks definitely have a, a purpose, <laughs> a purpose in life. And mm. uh, a treat. As a deprive treat. yourself of it is very difficult. If you want to treat yourself, you can yeah. have a little treat. Mm. Just yeah. not like in a sandwich. That's that's probably mm. the thing. It's what you don't want to do. Yeah, because yeah, I used to be very big on the crisp sandwiches. Um, and not before February. I mean, this is before last year. I stopped mm. eating crisp sandwiches. I was, I was triple legitimately... layers as well. Right, we're not talking. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking a single sandwich. We're talking triple layers. No, layer. I was, I was. I t- I'll tell you, Joe. I was having a crisp sandwich, four slices of bread, <laughs> three <laughs> layers, three layers of crisp. Swear to God, right? What are you half American? Like what? what this is like like epic mealtime Irish version, where you're having like a, a, a triple decker whopper, but with crisps. What the fuck? Four four um slices of bread, and if I got the um if I got the do you know do you know you get the like the special crusty loaf, right? Mm. If I got a nice fat ass heel on that as well, all the better, right? Four four slices of bread, three layers of crisps, right? Every Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You must be keeping that baker in business. How much bread did you go through? Oh my god! That's one of those things. I was eating a lot of bread. Um, knocked down the head, knocked the coke on the head. <laughs> Thank God, because I was shaking every day. Um, yeah, I, def- I haven't lost any more weight though since we last spoke. I'm still one one ninety one point four this morning. So, I mean, this is not bad. It's like four yeah, pounds. Yeah. Four pounds in three weeks is pretty good. But yeah. it's weird because the first week was very little weight loss. Week two, all of it. And then week three, again, it's plateaued again. So it's mm. weird. But um, not much else apart from that. What about yourself, Joe? Mm, yeah, not, not too much. Um, did do pancakes on pancake day, but I was pretty exhausted from work so it was just a real poor effort it was just like oh it makes me for a pancake from it the, fucking mm. the last one turned out quite well but the first few were, were not very good um yeah and then the, the weekend was actually great because the weather suddenly turned uh, a couple of weeks after we had the uh snow and the frozen pavements it, it was up to like 15 degrees uh, here in London, and it was very sunny on Saturday, so we went out to the park, and it was fantastic. It was like that bit in The Simpsons where Lionel Hutz imagines a world without lawyers. And it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just right. people like 
running around, kids on skateboards, dogs running around, people eating ice cream, kids playing football, radio-controlled cars. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just like everyone was so happy. It was just joyful everywhere you looked. Um, so after miserable six weeks, that was uh, very welcome. Um, so, yeah, a very, very good weekend. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah, we're kind of back to the back to the grind of lockdown. But, uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a respite over the weekend. Although it looks like lockdown is going to be a thing of the past soon for you guys. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We've had our hopes up before. I don't want to get them, get them up again. Right. But, uh, well, you guys are, are very far ahead, ahead of us, definitely, in terms of, like, vaccine rollouts and all that. It's going well. It's like 20 million people now. Yeah, it's really... I mean, once you start getting to over half the population, it, then I think it's going to start to make a real difference. So hmm. we might start to see that. But yeah. yeah. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone been vaccinated yet? I think they lost. Uh, oh, my God. I don't know. They I traded really don't know. for magic beans. <laughs> Uh, vaccinated beans? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we a lockdown rolls on for us, which has led us to the opportunities to watch many movies and, and television shows and games, which will take us into our guffs for the week. Um, Telly guff, uh, another week, another episode of Wandavision. Yeah. Um, this week, another good episode. I thought. I think it's a. Um, uh, I think it's a. I, 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 I kind of said last week that I, I, I kind of thought it would have worked a bit better as a one-release kind of bingeable thing to kind of get through those kind of early episodes, mm. where the early episodes are kind of, they're just making a, they're just doing a bit, and I would have liked to kind of been able to, but now I do kind of like it, that it is a weekly as well, because it's, now that we're really getting to the meat of the mystery, I do appreciate the cliffhanger, do you know what I mean? I, I, I like I like that traditional format as we get to the, the business end of the show. I, I, I'm still really enjoying it. I think it's a, it's, it's a solid half hour every week. Yeah. I, I wasn't so hot on, on the, um, the latest episode though. I mm-hmm. thought it was the weakest of the bunch. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't super hot on the, on the, on the ending, on the twist. Um, yeah. I mean, it was set up to an extent. Like there were, there were, there were, well, breadcrumbs dropped here and there, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it felt it felt a little. Here's that character from the comic. Yeah. Who, who I didn't know. I had to look up. Yeah. I, who, yeah. Whatever. It is. Um. So that was that. That felt a bit flat for me. I see a lot of people online kind of into it, but I don't know. I just felt like it was a. It felt a bit tokenistic. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it just felt like um, the first third. How, I don't know how long the episode was. Probably about 30 minutes. Yeah. First 20 minutes, not a lot happened. No. <laughs> and then at the end, they're like, oh, here's a thing for you to discuss on Twitter. That's what it felt like a bit. Um, but no, I'm still enjoying it. Um, just this was the kind of the first one aside from it like you say the um the earliest ones this is the first one that felt a little a little like like normal bog standard marvel fare i guess yeah yeah um maybe maybe with the exception of the third one where that was all 
your one outside of the show that was mm-hmm. weaker, but it was on about the same level for me. Uh, yeah, how many episodes are left in that? Two, I think. Two, okay. Uh, hopefully it ends you, with a bang. You waiting, Joe, for it to be over, or have you, you no interest at all? Um, I'm somewhat interested. Um, I wasn't at first. I think I felt a bit like Barry, like, oh, gosh, two characters yeah. from Marvel. I can't be bothered to to uh, to watch but um i'm intrigued because the the um kind of gimmick as i understand it is the the sitcom um kind of style and progressing you know through the decades right. um which is actually an idea i had several years ago and i've always wanted to do is to like oh, really? have a, yeah do like a six episode sitcom where each episode is set in like a different oh, decade cool but with the same like family and kind of setting right so um when i heard about that i was a bit like Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, I was never going to make that anyway. Like, who's going to give me the money? For it? It's so <laughs> annoying in my alternative universe where I was going to make that sitcom. Yeah. Now it's been ruined by Marvel, but you know, um, I probably will check it out at some point when Michelle's like sleep put out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, the episodes are very short, which is yeah. That is that is a great that's a that's a great uh, incentive to, to to watch is they're they're digestible. I I, I did like the, uh, this week's episode. I did like their, um, you know, now on to Modern Family, Parks and Rec era mockumentary, like, office, a, yeah. like yeah, American mockumentary specifically, where it's like not really a mockumentary. It's just they talk to the camera, like that's all it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, and they make reference to that as well, where. She says something like, "Oh, you never, you're not supposed to talk back." Yeah, yeah. Um, was, um, all yeah, all and, that stuff is really good. It is really good the way they they play out the, the individual the, areas. Even the theme song was very U.S. Office. I think that was I think that was my favorite of the fake theme songs so far. Um, was this week's? Other than was it? I think the '80s one, but I only liked that one because it, it reminded me of Too Many Cooks. That's the only reason I liked that one. Yeah, it was very Full House. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that uh, that rolls on. Uh, all that extra stuff is coming to Disney Plus tomorrow as well. Um, Star, yeah, yeah. I, I I still never finished Atlanta. That's coming. That's probably the only show of the list I've seen where I'm like, okay, I know that's excellent, and I never finished it, so I'll watch it. Other than that, oh, and the um, the OJ ESPN thing and the Ric Flair ESPN right. thing are all on there. So other than that, it's like a lot of shine. It's like a lot of shines. I mean, specifically the movies. A lot of the movies, I'm like, what the fuck is this list of tasks they're in? <laughs> but whatever. Like it's, it's yeah, extra I mean, stuff. I'm 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 gonna be on Lost right away. Oh even yeah, have, of course. Even yeah, I have yeah. on DVDs. I assume it's gonna be like a high def version of mm. Disney Plus. So I'm gonna watch it on that. Yeah, also the... DVDs in the bin. Don't give them to charity. I was um, I was thinking I was like oh should I keep these twenty four DVDs that have been with me for like a decade and a half and have moved with me twice and like probably one of the few examples of like DVDs where not all of them but I have watched most of the special features on all these DVDs and right. just a, th- a throwback to ten years ago when I was really into twenty four like now it's going to be streaming and I was like oh I don't know I I I like to hold on to physical media. You know, too. Disney um, Plus, to be fair, is usually good for special features as well. They are, yeah. They're, they're, they're for series, but that's like one of the one of the things they do have over the other services is is all that stuff is there. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the only TV I watched this week. We're still watching Breaking Bad onto season five. 
which is great. Um, uh, still loving it. Um, yeah, see, ending season four, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, nothing new on my end, TV wise. I watched a couple of things. So picked up the Detectorists again, so we're on to the final final season of that. Which is quite sad because it's such a, a fun little show. It's a very gentle show, but it's it's funny and I really really enjoy the characters. So kind of sad we're getting to the end of that, but got got a few episodes left. Um I also watched a documentary on BT Sport. It was about rugby. Now don't, don't switch off everybody. <laughs> Normally, a documentary about rugby, I would uh, not be particularly interested in. But it was actually it was hosted by uh, Brian O'Driscoll, the, okay. the former captain of the, the Irish rugby team. And it was kind of all about how, to Ireland, for, for listeners that may not know, Ireland has always had a united rugby team, mm-hmm. um, whereas the Republic and the North have sort of usually separate teams for football. and, and Football and stuff, and stuff yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of about how that came to be and looking at how the rugby team kind of um, existed, you know, through this, through the troubles and, and through everything as a united team and the kind of, you know, very strange sort of um, place it had in, in Irish life. So it was, I didn't, I wasn't planning on watching it. I was just kind of looking for some football to watch. <laughs> I found this documentary. I was like, well, oh, that's actually quite interesting. So I ended up watching the whole thing. Um and it was really interesting. It, it's um, most of the stuff I already, already obviously would know about, like the troubles, like um, the lads doing the orange march thing. You know, on my birthday, they, they love a bit of that. <laughs> um, the you know, Croke Park massacre, all this stuff I kind yeah. of heard of, it, but seeing it from the perspective of the people that like were in the rugby team and then just seeing like the kind of individuals of ordinary person. Well, they're an international rugby player, but you know, it's a yeah. kind of normal person's sort of perspective on it was was really really interesting. Uh, and looking at what it kind of meant in in the context of, uh, I guess, like Irish culture and Irish sort of, or what it meant to be Irish as well was really interesting. Um, and there was this kind of a bit towards the end where they um, where rugby is played at uh, Croke Park for the for I think for the first time ever because it's traditionally right. just Gaelic sports. Uh, I think it was two thousand eight. When England and Ireland played there, and they played "God Save the Queen" at Croke Park, and it was just, you know, a very kind of electric moment. And you know, I didn't really, I hadn't really appreciated all of that as well. So it was really, really interesting. I'd actually like it was a pretty good documentary, but I think I would actually watch like a sort of proper, you know, non-sports channel documentary about that whole thing. Yeah, you know, if there was one. So yeah, really kind of interesting look. So if anyone's got BT Sport, I'm sure you can check that out. It was. Very interesting. But um, yeah, that's all, all the kind of new stuff I watched this week. Yeah, I remember that game uh, very vividly. Because um, as you say, it was like it was the first time England played in Croke Park and mm. God Save the Queen played. And I remember when the, the Irish national anthem was playing, the, the rugby players, big fucking hench blokes crying and stuff. Like, mm. It was very, very emotionally charged. Um. Yeah, I, that, I'm not a huge rugby guy, especially since Ireland keep losing all their games lately. <laughs> but um, yeah, that might be worth checking out. That sounds good. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really good. Right, that all the telly. Is that all the telly? Uh, do you watch Jenny Gills, Paul? Uh, oh, I did. I I, I watched telly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I forgot about it. Yeah, we started watching Legend of Korra on Netflix, which is the 
sequel series, I guess you call it, to Avatar, Avatar. Last Airbender. Yeah. It's good. Really good. It's better, I think, in a way. Um, Avatar, although I, I like the group of characters more in Avatar and the, the dynamics between them. Avatar was very procedural in its like story of the week mm-hmm. and then having a, a, an overarching story in kind of a a police procedural kind of way. This one is very much more serialized, so it's more satisfying in that in that regard. Even if the characters I don't think are quite as interesting, it's um it's it's uh, more cohesive in that way and also the series like One Division are very short compared to um Avatar which had 20 episode seasons. I think the first season of Core was like 12, 12, 20 minute episodes. So you can get through it pretty fast. There's four seasons of it though. Four, so about 50 episodes. Um, but yeah, we watched, we watched the entire season in two days. So we were able to get it through it pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, we'll watch that to completion now before we move to a new show. Um, season one wrapped up its story pretty pretty uh well and pretty um what's the word pretty decisively so season right. two i assume will continue the the overall mythology but will be like a new story okay um not not necessarily to the extent of like an american horror story or anything like that but um season one had its own little story that was wrapped up by the end and season two will kind of pick up from there with a, a new story but it's good it's good um, I see they're doing as well a, a Netflix live action version, I think, of Avatar. As if okay. the M. Night Shyamalan one wasn't enough to <laughs> yeah. you know, put the nail in the coffin of that idea. And they had they had the original creators on board, but apparently there was a creative differences falling out between them and Netflix. You know the Netflix one's gonna be a load of old shite. Yeah. Yeah. Alas. Oh well. Uh, yeah, so that's our, our, our telly for the week. We can jump in uh, to the old uh, movie guff. Uh, I just watched one movie this week, one new movie. Uh, well, it's not mm-hmm. new, but movie I haven't seen before. Watch Howl's Moving Castle, um, the Studio Ghibli film, mm-hmm. uh, which, as most of them are, is now on Netflix, which is great. And yeah, I, I really, really liked it. Um, I thought it was, as they all kind of are visually spectacular, but like I thought this right. one... There was a um, there, there there was kind of just a a um, I'm trying to think what it maybe even like consistency or like a, a just a really something really interesting about the world of it that I thought was really well done and and um, the characters all that like the food and all that stuff everyone knows but yeah really enjoyed it I think I I liked it more than Spirited Away but maybe and probably maybe a little less than Totoro but you know they're all kind of at that same really high threshold yeah um the English voiceover was actually fantastic which I was kind of surprised by um not that the other ones were bad or anything but I think it was more notably kind of wow this is actually a great dub um right. uh, uh compared to the other ones um you know Billy Crystal and stuff like that did a was was great yeah really enjoyed it um I should I should probably try and work through more of those while they are on Netflix, but uh, but yeah, that's a a really great one. That's all that's all I've seen this week. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, interesting that you've watched the the three you've watched are all Hayao Miyazaki films. Yeah. Um, are there any other really good ones that he did? Um, I would say 
try if you're gonna watch if you're gonna continue watching them. Yeah, I probably you, will. Yeah, yeah, probably will. Um, I I think Tale of Princess Kaguya is really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the same director. That's that. I don't know if you've seen anything about that. That's the one with like the um watercolor paint. Artist no, style. no. Fucking good. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Studio Ghibli. What else? Well, I I think Spirited Away, House of Boom Castle are probably like one and two for me. Princess Mononoke is great as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like a stupid Mark bought all those films before they uh, came to Netflix. Yeah, they're good to own though. You know what I mean? They're they're yeah. they're they're ones to own. But like as a subset of Studio Ghibli. The Miyazaki ones are the best. Yeah, generally. yeah. Porco They're... Rosso is also really good, and I'll tell you, Porco Rosso also has a great English dub. Has Michael Keaton. Oh wow, that's very good. Hmm. Uh, that's a that's a good movie to watch if it has your only movie of the week. Hmm. Big thumbs up on that. Uh, well, I'll go quickly because I've watched uh, a load of Godzilla movies. You'll be surprised here. Hmm. Um. I'll need to get the letterbox up because, to be honest, these movies all fucking blur into one. They brought <laughs> out, right. between 1962 and 1975, they brought out, they brought out 12 Godzilla movies, uh, which is 12 and 13 years. So sometimes hard to distinguish them. All right. Uh, I watched five this week, so let's get through them. Uh, first one is called All Monsters Attack, and it's it's the... Do you know the Simpsons clip show episodes? It's that of the Godzilla movies. <laughs> right, okay. So it's got like a new story, but wrapped around a weird hodgepodge of like bits from the five or six previous movies. But it's like kind of works this, despite the fact that it's a clip show movie. Um, it's got a, like a likable little kid and he goes on a dream uh, voyage to Monster Island to hang out with the monsters. Quite enjoyed that one. I might have talked about that one last week. I don't remember, but I did enjoy that one. Uh, I watched Godzilla vs. Gigan. Didn't really like this one. Um, I've never even heard some of Gigan. Gigan is a monster. The concept of Gigan is really good, right? He's got like um, Candyman, like hooks for hands. He's got a circular saw on his belly. He's like a cyborg monster. But the movie is, <laughs> is a bit too goofy. It's, it's a bit too. Um, I described it as a butter spread across too much bread. Like, there's not enough ideas for the movie to justify even the one hour 20 that it is. Uh, it, 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 a lot, it treads a lot of previously walked ground, to say that much. Uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. I found less boring than the previous ones, but I found that a lot of these movies, whether I enjoy them or not, depends on just the mood I'm in when I watch them, because quality-wise, they're all pretty much the same B-movie level. Um, this one was this one was good though. I liked it. the the villains were like Atlantis people from like the lost city of Atlantis, <laughs> and they weren't happy with how the world on the surface was like um, it was being handled with like uh, pollution and this and that. Right, so they sent up their god uh, Megalon, who's like um, like a, an Atlas beetle or a horned beetle with like drill hands. <laughs> Like some of the, you can tell some of these monster designs, they're just like fucking Ash Beetle drills on his hands. Um, and there's some good special effects in it. There's a bit where a dam gets destroyed, 
And it's obviously done with miniatures like the scene in Team America in Panama where they destroyed yeah, that. Yeah, it looks yeah. almost the same as that. But for like 1973, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and also there's a bit where, and the people from Atlantis, it's not called Atlantis, they're called Seatopians, right? Well, probably there's Atlantis is trademarked. <laughs> there's a bit where, and I'll give you the context for this, the real life context is they just wanted to have more monsters in the movie. Like two monsters ain't enough. More! <laughs> so there's a bit where the Seatopians go, oh, we talked to our alien friends, they have agreed to send Gigan from the last movie. <laughs> They agreed to send him again, and then suddenly you just see him flying across. They never, you never see them talk to aliens. The aliens are never mentioned for any other reason. Uh, and then this is the this is the film. If you've seen the clip, this is the film where Godzilla does the big flying drop kick, <laughs> which I give a big chuckle. He like flies perfectly horizontally about fifty meters into a drop kick, which is very funny. And then today I watched Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, so. Um, without spoiling anything, if people are interested to watch Godzilla vs. Kong, which is coming out like next month, if you're, oh, if, yeah. if you're interested in watching that movie totally spoiled, I actually don't know anything about it, but I there's been whispers. So if you don't, if you're not only spoiled that upcoming movie at all, skip ahead a little bit. These will be like minor spoilers. So there are apparently going to be similarities between Godzilla Kong and Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Um... Now, the idea behind the Mechagodzilla character I really like, and that is that Godzilla suddenly starts acting uh, aggressively and weirdly out of character. Because by this point, Godzilla is like is no longer the Godzilla you know from like the 2014 Godzilla, where he's like the god lizard, right? He's just an anthropomorphized superhero <laughs> in like lizard skin, like the queen. Um, <laughs> and he is suddenly attacking buildings again like he was in the 1954 movie. And people are like, oh, Godzilla's all bad now. And so he goes... Um, Godzilla, by this point, lives on Monster Island. And he's there with his friend, Anguirus. Ah, yes, the, Monster Island, yes. yeah. It's literally called Monster Island. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he, uh, he meets his friend, Anguirus, and suddenly he just starts beating the shite out of Anguirus, which is like my favorite part of the movie. He just... Picks him up by the tail and throws him through a bridge. Why there would be a bridge on Monster Island, I don't know. But um, he's destroying Tokyo or whatever, and then suddenly a second Godzilla appears. And it turns out that the first Godzilla was not Godzilla at all, but was a cyborg Godzilla in fake Godzilla skin and is revealed to be uh, the infamous Mecha Godzilla. Uh-oh. And so the Godzilla idea, I think, is really cool. That's like... There's two Godzillas, and to be fair, they don't stretch that mystery out at all, which I wish that they kind of did. As soon as the second Godzilla shows up, the first Godzilla is out. It is like Mecha Godzilla. They should have played with that a little bit, a little mm. bit longer. Like Sin Cara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this Godzilla got something written on his boot. <laughs> Godzilla got his ears boot there, Cola. Cool, by the way, Cola, I had a dream you were dead. <laughs> um. And so I, I think there's like a core of a really good idea there, which is, again, allegedly maybe going to be revisited. Um, and then the final battle was like real gory, which you don't see in these Godzilla films very much, like blood spurting from Godzilla. Mm. Uh, and again, there's like a, 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 a third monster involved who just feels completely superfluous. Uh, so that's all the films Godzilla-wise that I watched, um, which brings me up to uh, number 15 
of the 35 films I think I'm going to watch in the Godzilla franchise. Mm. So we're getting there. Hopefully I'll be caught up by the time Godzilla vs. Kong comes out. And then finally, uh, like Handmaiden last week, I watched a good movie. <laughs> oh, let me give you my scores for the Godzilla movies I talked about today. Uh, oh, I skipped one as well. Godzilla vs. Hedorah, which is like the best one of the ones I watched. Godzilla vs. Hedorah is... Um, Hedorah is like called a smog monster. He's he's like a, f- a personific or not personification, animalification of like smog and pollution. And so that film really delves into that theme in a good way. I think that's the best one. So I give Godzilla vs. Hedorah th- uh, six, Godzilla vs. Gigan four, Godzilla vs. Megalon six, Godzilla vs. Mechazilla five. Um, and then I watched The Master, which does not feature Godzilla, but instead features Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. Which I've seen before. Um, I, we watched it on Blu-ray there. Just that. I don't think Natty had seen it, so we just stuck it on. And uh, that film is still really, really good. Really good. Um, I've not seen enough of um, Paul Thomas Anderson's films. I think I've seen this one, Phantom Thread, an inherent vice, but I've never seen Boogie Nights or Magnolia or There Will Be Blood. Ugh, they're all great. Punch Drunk Love. Like I, I, I obviously realize he's a very good director. I've just never seen these movies. I've seen The Master maybe three times now. So maybe instead of watching The Master again, I should watch one of the other ones. But uh, yeah, great performances in it. Like the three leads in it are all like top, top tier. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix obviously gets a lot of love for her. I, I prefer Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. I think Joaquin Phoenix gets to do a lot of physical acting, uh, whereas Philip Seymour Hoffman is is kind of effortlessly very good with with what he's given at it. And then Amy Adams is also great. Also showing up in the movie is um, oh the dog is here. Oh here we go. Okay, she's sitting in the bed. Also in the movie is um, uh, Jesse Plemons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, yeah. The new Scorsese movie that's coming out that he's the lead in, apparently. Is he? Apparently. Um, and also, a, uh, Remy Malik, Oscar winner. Okay. That Freddie Mercury oh. movie. And also, I don't know the name of the actress, unfortunately, but you know the, the girl from, I think she's in 21 Jump Street? She looks like a younger... Um, What's the lady from One Division called? <laughs> the comedian. What's her name? Catherine Han. Catherine Han. She looks like a like a younger Catherine Han. Do you know who I'm talking about from Twenty One Jump Street? I don't know who you're talking about from Twenty One Jump Street. No. Oh yeah. I look. I, you probably know her. She's one of those. The face that's in a lot of uh, modern comedy, but she 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 has a small role in The Master and not at all comedic role either. Uh, what is her name? Ah, fuck it, doesn't matter. I can't find her. I don't know. I don't, I don't know which one of these people she is, and I can't. I don't have time to look at all the different options. Um, someone, someone's screaming out at home. Anyway, that is all the movies that I watched. Okay. Uh, Dakota Johnson. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look up who Dakota Johnson. You don't you, for the, a woman. That you're trying to reference for. You don't seem to know very much about <laughs> what she looks like, what she's called, what she's been in. Oh, yeah, let me see if Dakota Johnson is who I mean. No, it's not her. 
I'll, okay. I'll figure it out. You got you guys talk about your your movies. I'll look it up. I'll do it live. Um, I've got a couple of movies. So watched a movie called We Are the Best, which is a Swedish uh, coming of age drama set in 1982 uh, about a couple of young kind of teenage preteen girls who are punks or they kind of want to be punks. They're not really punks. They're just they're kind of outsiders in their school. And so they adopt this kind of punk culture to to rebel against it. Um, It's a fun little movie that there's not it's not very plot heavy. It's kind of just follows these kids and their lives as they start like a punk band. Uh, with another friend at school, um, but very kind of entertaining little movie, very kind of realistically drawn as well. Um, features some very very entertaining kind of teenage punk songs in it as well. So uh, oh, that was a lot of fun. That's we are the best uh, Swedish film. Uh, and conversely to that, we also watched uh, The Matrix uh, for the first time in Ooh. many many <laughs> many many years uh, since I've seen that. Um, I wanted to watch it because of all the stuff I read around how it's a kind of a trans allegory um, by the the Wachowskis, and I wanted to kind of watch it again with that in mind and then try and (laughs) see if I could spot anything. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's a reference to transitioning and that and blah, blah, blah. So um, that was, was, yeah, still a very, very fun movie. Um, So kind of 90s. I mean, it is totally like what a 13 year old boy in the 90s thought was cool it's like guns hacking sunglasses dressing in black (laughs) just metal and rock you know it's it's so some of it borders on really kind of cheesy like pastiche but obviously it's a bit Y2K the movie isn't it very much so yeah um <laughs> just it, but, but it was still quite entertaining it kind of it's it's almost like a early prototype of like a chris nolan movie with all the sort of yeah. cod, cod philosophy in it yeah. and all these kind of big ideas just but with lots of like shooting and cartwheels uh guns and stuff. <laughs> um yeah probably like a maybe one of nolan's sort of least less subtle films like Tenet yeah like uh, Chris Chris Nolan watched that scene where like Morpheus and Neo are walking against the the crowd of people with with massive attack playing and he was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I want to make my films have everyone in my films has to have one scene like this (laughs) are you going to watch the uh, sequels Uh, no well we watched the first five minutes of um the second one because I just I couldn't really remember like how right. what happened. I saw them once, I think, yeah. when they came out, that was it. So I watched the first five minutes just to kind of see what happens and it god, it was so boring. <laughs> I just had to I've never seen them. Was, I've never seen uh, any of them. Well, I've seen the first one. They don't exist. Probably. I've seen the first one. I, I can't. I want to rewatch the first one, but I, I want to watch the sequels just before that that new one comes out, you know. So <sighs> I'm not, gonna, watching like once. I'm not going to watch the anime one, but I'll watch the, the live action one. Yeah, just sort of long and very dull. But yeah, the first one's still a lot, a lot of fun. Very, very unique to its era. It's like the attitude era of just the world. <laughs> not just wrestling. <laughs> it's like everything was attitude era at that point. Films, sport, everything. So yeah, that was cool. So yeah, that's what, we've, uh, that's what we're watching this week. That's a good one. We watched Matrix recently enough as well. Um, 
It's got a, apparently though the the Blu-ray I have of it has the wrong color temperature. Apparently they they fiddled with that oh. after it initially released to make it like greener, I think. Because apparently they do they do a thing like I didn't pick it up when I watched it, but apparently there's a thing where when they're in the Matrix, those scenes have a um, a green tint to them, and when they're yeah. outside the Matrix, it's like a bluer tint. Yeah. Mm. So apparently there's some issues with that, and and I think the Matrix is gonna be is that included on the Disney? Maybe not. Maybe on no. They are on at the moment. They're on like Now TV. I'm fairly sure. Okay. okay. But uh, just you, you want to be careful sometimes when you're going to watch the Matrix if it's the right version or version of it, yeah. Because people, I don't particularly care to be honest. Like it's the same movie to me. But people who are buying, like, oh, there's a 4K release of Matrix, and it's it's not the one that people want exactly. They get a little bit mad about it. To me, it doesn't matter. Um, is that all our movies? It is. Alrighty, we can pull up the old run sheet here. That's our movies and our TVs done for the week. Uh, we have got some video games to talk about. Uh, I started that uh, Super Mario 3D World on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the That's the, the Wii U game ported to Switch along with Bowser's Fury. I'm going to wait until I finish 3D World before I start Bowser's Fury. Right. Because um, I've tried to avoid too many kind of spoilers, but my my general understanding is it does kind of feel like a continuation, like control and feel wise. So I'm like, it just makes sense to play the other one first. Um, I'm playing it with with Bruno. We're playing together. It's 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 great that they have that functionality in there. I I cannot believe how much more um, aggravated it is. It has been relative to Cuphead. Um, I guess because in Cuphead you can't like cut each other off or get in each other's way or cause each other to fall off cliffs. It's quite hectic. Um, but nonetheless, we were having quite a lot of fun. And I, I I think it's a really fun, it's just kind of three, I don't want to say basic is the wrong word because that's not the word I'm trying to use because it's it's not basic. There's tons of creativity and, and ingenuity in the levels. I'm trying to think, but I guess it's like, it's a 3D market that doesn't really have a gimmick per se. It doesn't have a hat or a fucking jetpack, water jetpack thing. You know, it's kind of just, they've made these, they've just taken the core philosophy of 3D Mario and just made tons of really fun levels. And some of the levels have gimmicks, but it's kind of a one level thing. You play this level, it's got some touch controls on it. And then that's the last time you ever see that. And I love that. I think that's great. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing the second half of that and then jumping onto Bowser's Fury, which is, um, which is, which sounds really interesting based on what I've heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so play that. I think I played too much else new this week. More Project Winter. That's kind of becoming a regular kind of Friday night. Like me and my friends, we try and have a game night every Friday. Just pick something that we can all play, something that's on like Game Pass or whatever. Project Winter is is becoming quickly one of my favorites. I talked about it last week. It's kind of a faux kind of Among Us type thing, but with a few more actual game mechanics. It's it's really addictive. And, 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 and as I said last week, there is more to sink your teeth into there. It's not just kind of the whole social deception stuff. So that's that's really fun. And again, that is on Game Pass for PC and Xbox. Um, also on on uh, uh, Game Pass, Wreckfest, which is the I don't know if you ever played Flat Out, Paul. Either the Flat Out games on PS2. Um, never owned the PS2. So no. You never owned the PS2. 
Ah, outrageous. Uh, flat out, GameCube boy. Flat out, it, it might have been. It was. It might, might have been on, on GameCube. I don't think it was a, an exclusive. But flat out was kind of like a um, destruction derby racer kind of thing. Um, not dissimilar to Burnout, but whereas Burnout's more about going as fast as humanly possible, this was more kind of mm. just strong emphasis on just big clunky cars bashing into each other, really realistic physics. So the the guys who made that game, they've had this game in like early access for ages. I've heard of it. It's been it's been around since like 2017, 18. Um, it was called Next Car Game for years because they didn't have a name for it. They finished it. It's out of early access. It's onto consoles and it's onto Game Pass now. And it's really fun. If if people like that kind of racing experience, which I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a simulation racing driving game guy at all. I, I kinda like my racing games to have crashing into people and fucking their cars up and and Wreckfest has that in the spades. Um it's got races, it's got straight up destruction derby modes where you literally just drive around a circular dirt pit trying to ram people off the road. It's really fun. Uh, it handles really well. The destruction physics are great. Um, and like I said, it's on Game Pass. So if anyone has that, you can um, you can play that. And I think I think that's everything. I played, I played a couple rounds of Phasmophobia, which was kind of a popular streaming game towards the second half of last year. Uh, if I could describe it, it's kind of like if Most Haunted was a video game. Uh, basically it's co-op with you and, and a number of other players up to four and basically what you do is um, it's kind of procedurally generated so you go to a house the house is haunted by by something and you have to figure out what the thing is and capture it or take a picture of it or whatever and you've all these different tools and like I said it's different every time because it's procedural so I'm playing with three buddies again I played this on Friday night with my friends and it's like okay you take the the EMF meter I'll take the 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 book and you'll take the the digital camera and so you go into the house and it uses local proximity chat uh so you can uh you go into the bedroom and you say the ghost's name the ghost has a name and it has voice recognition tech in the game so you say oh um patricia wilson are you here and if you're in the bedroom and she's not in the bedroom nothing happens and then my buddy's in the kitchen and he puts the the book down on the kitchen table and he says oh patricia wilson if you're here write in the book and if it's that kind of ghost that writes in the book she writes in the book and so you have like an atlas where you can say okay this ghost wrote in the book responded to its name uh flicked the lights on and off that means it's a revenant or whatever and so that's the, the goal of the game is to figure out what it is but it also then has your tradition it's a first person game it has your traditional jump scares um they recommend you play it with headphones so you're, you're splitting off going into different rooms and it's whispering in this person's ear this person's screaming and because it has <laughs> you can hear them like through the in-game wall like distant but but still hear yeah. them it's like oh shit i have to run in and then they're they're freaking out it's it's a it's it's a really fun kind of uh, social game. I'm not big into this play every jump scare game on Steam. I just I, I have no time for that kind of stuff. Whereas this, there's like a little bit, there's a little bit more to it. Um, uh, and again, kind of like how I, I don't love Among Us, but Project Winter has more to it. It's the same with this game. There's more actual game to this that I think is is, is grabbing. It's fun. Uh, I, I I would recommend that a lot. It's 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 fairly low end, so I think if anyone has a any kind of PC that can run games, I think they could give it a go with their pals. Um, yeah, so those that's all the games for this week. Um, mainly Mario. I'm going to be sticking with that for the for the foreseeable. Uh, yeah. say, that sounds like it would be a good VR game. Yeah, so they they have VR support in it actually. Uh, Ooh, Bubba. 
which uh, I, yeah, so it's one of those ones, it's not on the Quest standalone, so I can't do it. I can hook it up to the PC, but then you have to have a, a beefy VR-ready PC to do it, which I don't. So, um, but yeah, it's, I would love to give that a go. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's good crack. We'll definitely be giving that, that game another spin in the future. So yeah, right. that was a uh, phasmophobia. If anyone's looking to check it out. Uh, yeah. And that's my games for the week. Right. Um, well, I'm still playing. Do I have it here? I do. Look at me, my physical media. Zelda phantom hourglass on the Nintendo DS. Um, hmm. I'm a, I'm about I'm over halfway through it now. Actually, let me sh- let me get my guide as well. Let me show you. One more. Yep. Oopsie. Oh no, it's a good no, game. DVD. Okay, so here's here's my here's my 3ds with my Yoshi on it, right? Um, here's my guide for the game. Size comparison, right? Jesus. Ooh. This is a hardcover special edition guide. You see it there? Legend of Zelda. Oh, hold up, sit down. Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Okay. Gold, uh, gold-rimmed pages. I don't have to pick that up there. Get that in the light. Beautiful. Very nice. Very nice. So, I'm about ten hours. Not ten hours. I'm ten hours into the other game. I'm about halfway through. Uh, where to put this book now. Halfway through Phantom Hourglass, it's um, it's not going to be near the top of the Zelda list. I'll say that much. And one thing I was thinking about doing as well is doing just a bonus podcast by myself, doing my my full Zelda list and just talk about Zelda for an hour without having you two guys sit there while I talk for an hour about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's um, yeah, it's it's it's. It's a bit bland as far as Zelda games go. All the dungeons kind of look the same. There's not a there's not a, a visual flair to each dungeon to make it seem different from the next one, which is something you maybe could say about uh, Link to the Past. But yeah. Link to the Past came out in 1991, and Phantom Hourglass came out in 2007. So it's less of an excuse for um, for Phantom Hourglass because. This was in DS, like Super Mario 64 came out on the DS. You can have levels look different and do things mm-hmm. with them to make them seem different. All the levels feel very samey in it. Um, the controls are still a bit of um, a hindrance more than a, a clever, useful thing. It, like I said last week, it feels like a, a stretched out tech demo because it, it has everything the DS can do is all shoved in touch screen controls, use the microphone, close the screen to make the, the thing stamp. copied. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you do, there's, there's never a bit that's just press the buttons. <laughs> Everything is, oh, do it yourself. Duh, 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 duh. And, um, you know, I'm sure, I actually didn't like it much when it came out, but I'm sure some people, when, when it first came out, at least for the first hour or two, are like, oh, this is, a, this is a new way to play. This is interesting. But when it's forced on you, for the entirety of the game, and there's no options. As we saw um, in the Nintendo Direct this week, the Skyward Sword, where they're suddenly like, ah, use, use controls, don't yeah. do the like, ah, it's grand. Even though at the time they're like, no, this is the way you must do it. Um, I'm sure they could have just put in the game normal controls, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a bit annoying. Um, we never talked about 
the Nintendo Direct. Did you watch? Did anybody I, watch that uh, Nintendo Direct? I was going to ask you once you were finished with your your game yeah. update if you if you saw. I watched it, and I to be honest, like. Uh, a bunch of people were talking about how, oh, it's the first proper one in like a year and a half. It's like, yeah, but they've had loads of little ones, to be fair. Did, it's not, yeah. it's like, so I didn't understand why there was this big hype about it. People get so weird about Nintendo Directs. I really don't get it. Especially, <laughs> especially when this is what you get. It was like, yeah. like, like, I couldn't, I actually forgot until someone like on my, on my Twitter timeline, I, mean, I forgot it was like the Zelda anniversary this week, the, the right. yeah, 35th. Yeah, the 35th. And I can now understand why people were a little bit hyped up and then subsequently disappointed when all they got was a fucking port of, of Skyward Sword. Um, uh, now, now apparently people are saying that the that other other ones are coming and it's not going to be that far off. Way, but sure. but <sighs> I don't know. And like to be fair, I'm not going to shit on the rest of it. A lot of the other stuff was just kind of niche stuff that I'm not into. So I'm not going to say, look, I don't care about. Like the yeah, I felt team. I felt very much the same way. Like the Octopath team making a new tactics game—that's cool. People like that. Yeah. I, like that that detective game that's a port from the Famicom from thirty years ago. Cool again, not my thing. But I I was so bored by it uh, for the most part. Yeah, I I thought it was a big disappointment. But I'm saying that as as it pertains to my personal yes yeah. and and interests. You know, Mario Golf looks really cool. I've played yes. some of the earlier Mario Golf games. That looks like a really fun, even though the Mario Tennis that came out for Switch was a bit mm, of a letdown. Yeah. That one at least seemed to be just more, more or less a tennis sim. This one seems to have more modes and an RPG mode and a like chase the ball mode, which seems like just the most fun multiplayer you can possibly have. Yeah. But then when, um, uh, Aonuma came up, and and you know, for people who've watched Direct or watch E three, he's like the Zelda guy. So as soon yeah. as he comes up, you're like, you're like, here we fucking go, Aonuma time. <laughs> and in in the most WWE way possible, he goes, I know y'all want to see and hear about Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild two. That's why you saw me, and you're soon when you're gonna hear about it. Well, you're not gonna. Uh, so here's a big plate of dog shit instead. <laughs> like, oh, what are they doing? Why didn't they just announce in advance that there wasn't Breath of the Wild 2 news? Which instead they of- usually do. That's the done thing yeah. these days. And then like, I think Sony does it as well. It's like, hey, there's not going to be this at this thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, to use the WWE analogy, my assumption would be they want to get as many eyes as possible on the other things yeah right? so it's like when when nelser is saying person xyz is is injured or whatever and WWE are still promoting them for the pay-per-view knowing they're not going to be there you know that's why so i assume that's why they didn't say breath of the wild 2 was not going to be there because then people wouldn't tune in yeah but for them to be like we don't have it but we do have this and it's like the worst 3d zelda <laughs> the one that okay it's not hated per se a lot of people love that game uh, a lot especially of people you know, a lot of people hate it, especially if it came out at a time where, like, what, was it ten years ago? Mm. So some people who are now in their early twenties that might have been their childhood Zelda game, so they're going to have nostalgia for it. I understand yeah. that; that's fine. Um, having played it and having played most of the Zelda games, it is it is the worst three D Zelda game by like significantly so, mm. um, and not because of the motion controls. Like that's that's the thing for me. Um, that you know, I, I'm sure there are some people who. who who, oh, I tried Skyward Sword, couldn't get into the motion controls, so I stopped playing it after, like, five hours. 
Right. And they yeah. say, well, I'll pick it up on Switch and give it a go with the new controls. The problem with Skyward Sword for me was never the motion controls. I didn't mind the motion controls, even though at times they like really slow down the flow of the game. Because for every enemy, you have to think like, I have to, okay, I have to go left. left yeah. Go right. yeah. So it, it, it makes the game very slow. But also, one thing that a lot of people love about Skyward Sword, I hate, which is the art style. I don't like how it looks at all. Yeah, like I, I, it's I, ugly. I, it's an ugly yeah, game. Yeah, I had no real frame of reference. I knew it was the Wii one. I have never really played very many yeah. Zelda's at all, so I hadn't like seen it before. But right. I, watching this direct, I was like, a, this looks like it looked like shit at the time, and b, why? Because I, I I forgot to mention I haven't started it yet so I didn't mention it but I, I got the the 3D All Stars thing for Switch as well the Mario ones I'm like right. why why are they not why are they putting no work into dressing these games up when they they're just farting them out on the Switch with no like coat of paint or you, do you know what I mean yeah. it's like like give a bit of reverence to these games you know well that's the thing with the other. HD remakes that people were hoping to see that come out on Wii U, um, Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD, which I own both of. Yeah. And they both look significantly better. Yeah. They're like visually significantly updated versions. This one, like I've seen a, a side-by-side comparison and it, it looks better, Skyward mm. Sword. Skyward Sword never looked good in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, right. it's not the, the resolution that's going to mm. fix it. It's the art style is like it, it kind of took half of Twilight Princess with the character models basically but then the kind of cell shaded look of wind waker and tried to merge Mesh, them into one. Yeah, yeah but it's kind of it's it's ha- half as good as either you know yeah um and then and there are one more game splatoon 3 was just a big okay yeah i've never played a splatoon game i understand it's very popular and people who are hoping for splatoon 3 are probably very happy but again for me i was like oh that's your two main event games skyward sword and splatoon 3 i won't be buying either of those i I, yeah i i I don't get this i i played i got way into splatoon 2 for that first two weeks or whatever it was when it was out and i like that's a nice little game like a lot of nintendo things i'm kind of the people who are crazy about it i'm like Okay, like right. I, I, the thing okay. is, the thing is, they showed a little like rendered video with like the Eiffel Tower upside down and that, right? And then when they showed actual game footage, it just looked like Splatoon. Like I can tell the difference. Yeah, just a little arena and people shooting paint. All right. Yeah, and I mean these are these are two games I don't really give a shit about, but I'm like, are they are they putting that Bayonetta and that Metroid game out or what? It's been like years. Yeah. And years. Yeah. Uh, Metroid Prime 4, although they, they came out and said that that had to be like restarted. restarted. Yeah. Um, Breath of the Wild 2 is, is, was announced two years ago at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it 20, the tail end of 2019? So like a year and a half, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And nothing since then. For a game that you would assume is going to use a lot of the same assets as Breath of the Wild. So why mm. is it taking so long? Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it, really. Mm, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. The only thing I would say about Skyward Sword is, uh, even though the Wii obviously was like so like gangbusters, Skyward Sword wasn't a huge success on Wii. Mm. So I'd be interested to see, even though there's obviously been a lot of negative feedback about it, I'm still going to predict that it's going to be wildly successful. <laughs> like I think it only sold about 4 million units on the Wii. Um, mm. For a console that sold 
multiples of that, like probably up in the, what, 60, 70 million units? More, probably. Off the top of my head, I don't know. But yeah, because it came out the tail end of the Wii, it was like 2011, a lot of people had already their Wiis packed up by then in their cupboards, you know? So it didn't sell that well. Uh, anyway, what else? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I am 10 hours into that. Okay. Slowly but surely making progress. I'm on chapter, about halfway through chapter 8 of 18, so... Even though it seems chapter-wise, I'm nearly halfway. I think I'm closer to like a third of the way through. I think some of the later chapters get like longer and longer. Uh, still enjoying it. The deeper you get into and the more little uh, like game mechanics get introduced, the, the, the more I get into it. I think compared to like, I, I think of that first boss battle that we mentioned last week against the scorpion thing early on in like the first hour of the game it was really, really tough. But although mm. the toughness of the, the bosses stays kind of consistent, you get more and more tools unlocked to, you know, st- be strategic in your approach to like beating them. Um, and I like that it's it's a tough game. I, I I got too used to having like rewind buttons on my on my on my SNES games and that. So it's nice to have a tough game that. Um, I had a boss there. I was playing today. I had to try three times before I could beat it, and each time I wouldn't beat it, I would have to go back to the start. Not only of the mm. boss battle. But the little battle before that with like yeah. you know run the mill enemies. But I'm enjoying it. Um I don't know really what I I don't have much more to say on it than I said last week. I think I've only played maybe another six, seven hours. I play like an hour a day, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't play any more than that. It's not it's not like Hitman that I can sit down and play it for six hours. You know, it's after an hour of Final Fantasy, I'm like, right, that's enough for today. That's enough, yeah. Usually if I get to the end of a chapter, I'll like right, fine, I'll leave it there, I'll pick it up again tomorrow. Um, but I'm still enjoying it. And then also, I made a little purchase for myself. I don't know if I even told Natty about this. She's she learned about this live while <laughs> a house. I bought. No, we will be buying a house though. I bought uh, an EverDrive sixty four. Oh, okay. you know what it is? EverDrive um, sixty four. Go on. Is a a Nintendo sixty four cartridge that can take a. Uh, an SD card and play ROMs not through an emulator but on the actual hardware itself. Ah, okay. Interesting. And the reason I bought this is there was uh, another leak this week. I I talked in in the past week about like the GoldenEye 007 leak, right? Yeah. I got that and was playing that. Another rare game, Dinosaur Planet, which never came out on the Nintendo 64 and was instead reformatted into Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube, which I own and have been. The the original, like a late build of that original N64 game, Dinosaur Planet, leaked as leaked. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently you can play it on, on an emulator and all that, but apparently it runs real well or better on the actual hardware. So I bought myself an EverDrive because I have not only Dinosaur Planet not only Goldeneye, but I, I like these little historical bits and bobs that come out on, on the yeah. and also and also fan ROMs. So I talked about a few months ago that um, Legend of Zelda fan ROM hack called uh, Missing Link, which is really good. So what I like to do is I like to get a little collection of these, not not necessarily to like pirate um, N64 games. I already have pretty much, with maybe the exception of like Smash Bros, which I don't own. I have pretty much all the N64 games I would want to own. Yeah. But for those little special things that, you know, you can't buy legitimately, 
I'd like to have them on the little cart and I can plug it and play Dinosaur Planet, which was never released. Or play these like Zelda ROMs, which are like new games that weren't made by Nintendo, but people who are like these great programmers made this game. Go and, yeah. and I can play it on the N64. I think that's super cool. Like now, um EverDrive is not cheap, unfortunately. <laughs> you are talking in the um the hundred euro range. Um, but since uh, we're in lockdown and since I didn't eat any sweets or goodies for a month or takeaways, I figure I could treat myself in a different way and put that money to, to a little treat for myself. So I bought an EverDrive 64, which I've always wanted, but never bought one. Um, so yeah, if anyone has an N64 lying around and you want to play games for it, but not buy them all, you you can buy an EverDrive and um and just load the games onto it and play it play it that way so i'm gonna be i I have dinosaur planet downloaded there is there is a website that has not only for n64 but um for various uh systems like prototypes and and like builds of games that were never released um i don't know it off the top of my head but i'll look it up um but yeah, that's something I'll keep my eye on. Something I'm very interested in. So there you go. That that was in the the gaming news this week, Dinosaur Planet. Which obviously, if you weren't following Nintendo at the time, or or rare at the time, you probably would never heard of it. But as soon as Dinosaur Planet leak came up, I was like, "What the fuck, Dinosaur Planet?" So that would have been the last rare game on N64 after GoldenEye, Donkey Kong, Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie. Mm. Conquers Bad Fur Day, and then it would have been Dinosaur Planet would have been the last of those games. So it's like that's a real nice little subset of games. The rare N sixty four era; those games are nearly like all great without exception. Yeah, it is, uh, it is nice when, when like a, a project from a beloved studio. You hate to see something like that lost to time. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that's the game guff for the week. Uh, I'm trying to think of any big I stuff. Have, I have the website here, by the way, if people want to check it out. Uh, the the website is illusion.64history.net. Hmm. And there's a little link, dumps, on the front page, and you have them all there. <laughs> <laughs> dumps. Good stuff. Dumps. <laughs> Doo doo. Um, yeah. That's illusion. Illusion.6, and then the number six, number four, illusion.64history.net. Uh, do you know when your your that that uh, N64 thing is going to get to you? Uh, it is delivering from Ukraine. Ah, so of course. I'm going to yeah. say two or three weeks probably. And I I I bought a little SD for, SD card for it, but you mm. get them on Amazon for like five euros. Five quid, yeah, yeah. They're nothing. Thirty two gigabytes. And and N64 games are not big either. No, I think with a 16 gig, I just bought 32 because I was like, fuck, I might need it for something else. But I think you could probably fit the entire Nintendo 64 library on a 16 gig. Probably, probably. Um, yeah. But when will I ever play uh, um, Clay Fighters 33 and a third? I don't know. Listen, Earthworm Jim is or in there. Eight or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> 64, no, 63 and a third, I think it was. Something like that. It was, it was a naked gun joke done a decade afterwards. Yeah, shit game. Um, <laughs> or Superman. Uh, yeah. Well, that might be fun to play for historical purposes. But anyway, we'll 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 
We'll wait until you get the gimmick to, to chat about that. Um, we'll jump into the emails here. Uh, I have an email from Scott. Uh, Scott emailed me some interesting stuff about WandaVision, but it is kind of spoilery. He emailed me something about episode five, and then he put the put the right. spoiler context below. I'll just I, I'll just say say that I read it. It was quite interesting. He's obviously he's talking about some stuff that I don't quite know uh, about as a uh, as a, a comic noob. Um, but um, he seems uh, uh pretty pos- He seems pretty positive about it. So thank you, Scott, for the info. Uh, I did read it and appreciate it. Obviously, I won't. I don't want to read it out on air, uh, for spoiler reasons. But interesting, um, interesting. And there are there. There does seem to be a lot of people who are who are watching this show and, and picking up on lots of little things that are like this could be like you know one of the most exciting developments for the for the universe so far. So uh, thank you very much, Scott. He does have a, a non-WandaVision uh, question here, which I actually think is a very interesting one. He says, out of the blue question for everyone on the show, what is the last app you paid for on your phone? Mine was White Noise by TM Soft as an app that gives me a lot of choices for background noise for when I'm writing and don't want the distractions of words being said. That's actually really uh, interesting. I, I, I've, um, I've had things like that that have stuck on in the past. I, hmm. The app I have last... I'm actually going... I have no idea. So I'm actually going to pull up my... Um, um, is there a way on... I think there is a way on Google Play to look at my... Yeah, there is. There is. You go to um, Google Play, then you go down to Account, and then you have mm. Purchase History. Purchase History. Okay. Okay. Um... So yeah, a lot of these are just like you know uh, subscriptions to things. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count you know Marvel Unlimited and stuff like that. Right. right. Here, oh, here we go. It actually wasn't that long ago. Uh, I got I got a paid version of a driver theory test app um, because the free version had uh, you know limited amount of use per day ads and shit like that. So I bought the. Uh, I bought the the full version. Scrolling here, see anything else? Yeah, I do not. I do not. I can't. To be honest, I I remember when smartphones first started becoming a thing. Forget paying, but I can't remember the last time I went and installed an app that was not something like you know uh, uh, something to read or watch movies on. Like you know, right. uh, like I'm and I, I don't play. It's been a long. I used to. It's been a long time since someone said to me, here's a game you have to play on your phone. Like, I, I really don't actually install it. I'm scrolling here. It's all just movies, uh, books, subscription services. Um, yeah. I, uh, so, yeah. Driver Theory Test is the last thing I paid for on my phone. It's a, it's a rare occurrence these days. Uh, what about you, lads? I, I don't think I've I ever bought an app that wasn't some kind of media. that was a game or a... Right. Video. Never, never happened. I bought. Um, I paid two euro ninety nine for the full uh, podcast addict app, which I use for listening to my podcasts. And that was in February oh, yeah. twenty nineteen. So that was two years ago. So there you go. That's my answer. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Scott, for the uh, the email um, the and the the one division tidbit. Uh, what about you, boys? Who's got a Who's got a mail? Uh, I've got an email from from Scott. He says, uh, "Good evening, Joe. <clears throat> Last week's picked one with the Toms got me thinking. What is the worst 
Tom Hanks movie. I have a few nominees for the three of you, and I'd like your opinions. Well, of course, there's only one opinion that really matters here, Scott, when it comes to Tom <laughs> Hanks movies. I haven't seen them all, baby. So, um, Scott has a list of five uh, nominees here for the worst Hanks movie. And, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm going to read them out. This is interesting. First of all, Dragnet. Uh, well, fuck you, Scott, for a start, because that's a great movie. As is Turner and Hooch. <laughs> he's, he's him and he has a dog and he's he's a neat freak and the dog's all messy what, 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 what? and he, he he puts a pie on the window to cool and the he's like right I'll be right back and that that pie better still be there when I get back dog no so those are both great Scott thanks for that um, the Da Vinci Code uh, thing is with Da Vinci Code I'd say the other two are worse than that one I think the yeah. one is called... Uh, Inferno is the worst uh, one. Inferno is just incredibly boring. Yeah. Like, Da Vinci Code is at least... I, I think I consider Da Vinci Code a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I don't think it's a great... I mean, I liked the, I read the book. It was fun, but the, the movie's not as good. But it, it wasn't... Yeah, it's all right. Cloud Atlas. I mean, I have to agree with that. That was interminable. I, um, I couldn't even bring myself to watch it. I, just every trailer I saw, I was like, "Oh, fucking hell!" Yeah, that was that was unbearable. Uh, it was listed Ithaca, which I don't really remember. Oh, that was the Meg Ryan written and directed movie. He had a cameo in it. Yeah, that was that was not particularly good. Um, I would say, as a as a Hanks aficionado. Um, so his first film was a horror movie called He Knows You're Alone, which was a bit of a sort of B-movie, not particularly good uh, horror movie. Uh, there's a movie called Volunteers, which I, I can't remember what happened in that movie. It's about these kind of, yeah, oh, they joined the Peace Corps, him and some other, John Candy joined the Peace Corps, not very good. Nothing in Common. Um, where it's about him and his dad, and they're a bit of an odd couple. His dad is played by um, Jackie Gleason, an old comedian. That's really bad. Um, trying to think what else there was, and probably a few kind of a few of his recent films, like uh, Oh, The Circle, the one that didn't even get released. It went straight to Netflix. Right. That was oh, that might be the worst actually. That might even be worse than Cloud Atlas. So at least Cloud Atlas was kind of an ambitious failure. So yeah, I'd go. I'd go for probably the circle and uh, a couple of those others I mentioned. Uh, so thanks for that, Scott. Um, sorry, Barry. Yeah. No, I was. Just, I was going to say when you when you were there, Meg Ryan's name you don't hear very often these days. She's still doing anything? I don't think so. I think she turned fifty and was therefore not allowed in Hollywood anymore. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame, but fair enough. She was. She was good. She was yeah. Good. So, yeah, Scott also gives us a, a pick one. Okay. Um, Daniel Craig, Daniel Day-Lewis, Mr. Daniel DeVito. <sighs> so, I think Day-Lewis has obviously got a great track record, great performances, but... I don't think I've seen enough of Day-Lewis. Yeah. I've seen my left foot. I think that might be the only on Phantom Thread. I think that, that they might be the only films I've actually seen him in. <laughs> Probably rule out Day Lewis. 
Well, he has been a lot of great films, but not any kind of personal favourites, really. Yeah, a lot of, lot of, you know, your Oscar movies, you know. Yeah. Um, but he was he he never had a, a very intense poker game with Mads Mikkelsen, you know. <laughs> uh, Oops. I'd probably like unless it's something obvious I'm forgetting. I'd probably cut Devito. Um, you know, uh, like especially if we're, if we're talking just movies, like obviously he's in Always Sunny, which is fantastic. I don't really know too many like Matilda is the only one I can really think of, and and I'm not a big Batman Returns guy. I just we rewatched it Christmas, and I'm like, yeah, I like uh, the idea of this movie better than I like this actual movie. Um, right. uh, yeah, Devito, I love Danny Devito, but at the same time, I don't love his back catalog of films specifically. He was in that shit Dumbo. Um, yeah, twins. Not, not a lot. Yeah, twins. L.A. Confidential. It's pretty good. Ooh, uh, that's a good movie. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, of course. One of his early films. Also very good. A couple, a couple of good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And then Craig, you get your Bonds. You get mm-hmm. uh, you get your Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah. Uh, layer Cake. Trying to make fun of. Hmm. It's a close. I'm going to go Craig. I'd probably go Craig as well. I don't think any of them really stand out. No. Yeah. And that is my email from Scott. Thank you very much, Scott. I have an email. But did did you know, before I start my email, that the guy who sang the Nexus theme song was also the uh, the male vocalist in Evanescence Bring Me to Life. No. T- tidbit for you, that is true. Um, video game question. He's got me in a trap here, right? He says, good evening, Paul. Last week during Game Guff, you described a game, Final Fantasy 3 was the game, uh, as having random battles, which I don't like, Turn-based combat, which I don't like. And he says, I found it odd that you don't like these things in Final Fantasy, yet you love the Pokemon games, which have all <laughs> which all have those exact things. What changed between the time you played Final Fantasy and Pokemon? Um It's not that anything changed necessarily, it's that I don't know, Pokemon and Paper Mario, don't forget, which I played recently and, and love also, also has those things. I think it's just about the the accessibility of the package that is presented overall to make yeah. those things seem less annoying or less turn turn offish as they might seem. Like yeah. Final Fantasy and Seven, including Seven, which I'm loving right now, it's very very hoity toity, like nose in the air, like aren't I a wonderful game? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like it is. Okay. Um. Whereas, obviously, Pokemon, obviously, Paper Mario is also aimed at a younger audience. Oh, Final Fantasy is very, like, adult. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know that there's, like, a tangible difference as much as it's, it's, it's what the, the rest of the game has to offer as well versus where you are at a certain time in your life, where you are at the headspace that you have the time you try and play a game, the system you're playing on, etc., etc. Like, I'm sure if I had... Final Fantasy 3 on the Super Nintendo as a kid and loved it. I would probably love Final Fantasy to this day. The fact is that I tried to play it for the first time on a DS 
at the age of like, I don't know when it came out, like 19. And I just wasn't into it. Like, it's not necessarily because of turn-based combat or random battles. While it's true, I don't like them. I never liked random battles in Pokemon either. Like the, the, the caves in Pokemon with all like Zubat every five seconds was the worst part of the game, you know? Um, and turn-based combat, I'm generally not a fan of just because even in the games that I really like that have it, I'm never a fan of it, except in Paper Mario, where it's not only turn-based, but has like also quick time elements to it. So you're picking your thing, but also doing like timed button press and so on, which will you know give more power to your attacks and stuff like that. That's a way to me that like spruces it up and makes it a bit more accessible. But also Final Fantasy generally is just so stoic in its mm-hmm. presentations. I just found it hard to get into. Yeah, uh, hopefully that answers the question. And also, he's got the rest of 20 questions, which we haven't done in a while. And I think we'll do it, because I don't think... Maybe it's a hint. I think you guys will get it okay. pretty pretty quickly. I don't think, think it'll take you that long. Okay, let's have a go. That, we won't count that as a question, even though I've given you a little hint. But let's see if you can get it. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to go first, too? No, I remember the questions, because we haven't done it in so long. Uh, is this person alive? Yes. Okay. Is this person an active wrestler? Yes. Uh, is this person contracted to WWE? No, they aren't. Ooh. Is this person contracted to AEW? Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Um, has this person won a championship in AEW? No, they haven't. Mm. Okay. Is this person a man? It is a man. It's a man. Such um, a man. He looks a bit like me. It is me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this man part of a tag team? Or kind of established tag team? No. Mm. So it's not the original Death Dealer Japanese death match legend Luther. <laughs> Doctor Luther. Doctor Luther. Sorry, sorry. Oh, please, please. Doctor Luther was my father. It's just, it's just, it's just original Death Dealer Japanese death match legend Luther. Please. <laughs> um, okay, active man signed to AEW, not in a team, never a champion. Um. Uh, this might be a hard question to answer, so I don't know if I should. Has this person ever wrestled Cody in AEW, we'll say? I can't recall okay. a match between them. So I will say no, but it's a no with an asterisk where... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. It's not, it's not uh, fucking, it's not MJF, you know. Um, exactly. That's fine. I'm, um, he, I mean, he possibly has. He, we can call it just dynamite if that makes it easier. Well, I'm doing. I'm doing a quick uh, age match. Quick Google. Yeah. Uh, okay, they have. They have had a match. Okay. Sorry. Okay. My mistake. Uh, they have had a match. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, go ahead, Joe. Um, has this person ever been contracted to WWE? No. <sighs> Okay, so something Matt Hardy. 
It's not Miro. It's not, not Miro, no. Trent. Not Pat. Uh, hmm. So it could be Sammy. Mm. Could be Sonny Kiss. Yeah. Or is he kind of in a tag team? Yeah, would you call that a tag? Yeah, yeah, I suppose he would. Yeah, that's. They've had like vignettes as a team and stuff. Um, not in a team, never a champion. Um, I don't know if you count this as a team or a faction or if that's a separate question. Is this person in the Dark Order? Nope. Okay. But that's half the roster, so. Did this person wrestle at AEW Revolution 2020? I'm looking it up. up. Listeners are confused as to what my silence. We can see the reflection of the Wikipedia page in his eyeballs. This is going to give it (laughs) away. Uh, did he wrestle at Revolution 2020? Yes, he did. Okay. So you had Sammy versus Darby Allen on that show. Yeah. You had... Uh, Hager versus Goldust. They both been in WWE, so not them. Yeah. Um, Sammy might be an interesting one because he's never been a champion. He has, he has wrestled Cody. Not recently, but it was like the first Dynamite match, in fact. Um, okay. Uh, also M- so MJF, Orange Cassidy, Sammy, Darby. I think that might be it. It's one of those four, I think. Darby's been a champion, hasn't he? Oh, of course, Darby's the champion. Okay, so Sammy, MJF hasn't won any championships yet. No, there's Cass- Okay, so it's MJF, Cassidy, or Sammy. Okay. Uh, hmm. I've got one. Have Have they been in the inner circle? No, they have not. <laughs> hey, oh baby! I think. Do you want to? Do you want to do another one, Barry, or just guess, Mister Orange Cassidy? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. What's a question I could ask to really narrow this down? Um, has this person ever wrestled Chris Jericho? I have. Okay. Is it Orange Cassidy? Yes, well done. Well done. Well done, team. Good one, Scott. Thank you. Uh, Orange Cassidy, after 14 questions. Not bad. Not bad. Not a tag team, but like associated to a tag team. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's fair. And he did wrestle Cody, but that match completely went out of my head. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. He had a a TNT title match with Cody. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you, Scott. On uh, we have, do we have a, a, a segment set up here? Oh, we are a little uh, explain and uh, <laughs> well, well, uh, I wonder, Baker, the brothers of discussion. Uh, oh dear! I did want to throw one in, as it was the um, actually was it the first pay per view on Peacock or the last one on the network? Uh, the last one on the network. Last yeah. One. Yeah. So I w- wanted to throw out the discussion because there's been a lot of um, chat on the timeline about the WWE Network. Mm. Whether 
it, is, it was a flop or was it overall a success? And if it was a flop, why? So I think that's, that was the, the question I kind of wanted to pose. You know, do you think overall the network as a kind of as a product, as a sort of gamble, if you will, has been a, a failure? Or do you think it was an actual, maybe a moderate success? Thoughts? I I would almost say by virtue of the deal they made with NBC that it would have to be considered a success. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because we're so far removed now. Like, the network doesn't seem like it's been around that long, yet simultaneously the age of pay-per-view seems like eons ago. Yeah. Well, the network was, 20, um, was it 2015 or 2014? I think it was announced in 2012 originally, and then, yeah, did it come out in 2014, 2015? 14, yeah. Yeah, 2014. Remember it was announced, and then there was no news about it for the longest time. Wasn't it, like, it was, like, 2011 like or something meant like was that? It? Yeah. Back when they, back when they were still pushing the idea that it was going to be a television channel. Oh, yes. Right. Um, and they didn't even say, this was before they even said pay-per-view is going to be on it, and WrestleMania. This was just, we're going to have a network. That was it. And it was like, I think the original rumor was they, they were going to buy what was G4, which funnily enough is now coming right. back. Uh, and then there's like, oh, they're going to buy this this tertiary digital channel and try and build up. And then, and then it just went quiet for like two years until eventually it came back. Um, I feel like I feel like I kind of have the same logic as, as Paul. You, if you, you can split hairs and say that they never got the subscriber number that they wanted. I mean, they had those like farcical projections early on that it was like we're going to get a million in the first year three million in two years and then like by today they're probably supposed to have like five million or some mad shit like that based on those original projections which they like they they never came close to hitting any of them i mean it was i mean obviously they are now over like one and a half million but that's with the entire planet as well i mean it was originally just the u.s so it's just this whole you can say all that stuff was this point but at the end of the day the deal they just made with Peacock, they got a big stack of burlap sacks with dollar bills on them for the network. Whether that's from subscribers or from this licensing deal, it doesn't really matter. They got the money, so it's kind of like... I think you, you you have to call it at least a moderate success in that sense. Um, yeah, I mean, if you consider that like Disney bought Star Wars, like how big that property is for, like, what, $4 billion? Yeah. It's like WWE didn't even necessarily sell any didn't sell their content for like they sold their their library more so than mm-hmm. you know okay they're gonna make new content for it but it's not the same as as like lucas selling star wars to disney where he's like completely hands-off now vince is still running things still yeah. WWE the way we know it and that's a huge amount of money even for a company that makes as much you know during a pandemic and firing all its wrestlers as WWE does mm. um yeah i mean i, I would say I would have to consider it a success in that sense. I would consider it a failure maybe on a more artistic level where it, it seemed initially and, and they, they eventually moved away from that um, approach, but it seemed initially that they were trying to be a lot more diverse in terms of the, the content they would put on the network. Mm-hmm. Remember, there used to be like uh, like wrestling cartoons and there were three movies. And yeah. it's going, like especially this was a talk as well when it was a TV station. It was going to be like, diverse contents not just only wrestling 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 mm. 
and then they, they they eventually found out that kind of their wheelhouse new content wise was like documentary series and they really just leaned heavily into that for the last like year um like stuff like legends house and the like also kind of went nowhere it didn't get any traction really online or i'm sure it didn't drive the numbers up at all so they realized okay we can put a stop to all this nonsense and to be fair the documentaries seem to anyway be be the the most popular shows that they've produced both in terms of like some of the documentaries have been really really good but also like you know in terms of people talking about it and conversation being out there about WWE Network stuff that seems like where the success was but that was never what they wanted it to be in the first place so in terms of that and Vince McMahon and his like you know blue chew enhanced boner for making (laughs) non-wrestling content movies i'm making movies making entertainment business we're not in the wrestling business yeah it's a failure in those terms um yeah because i'm sure when the you know the billion dollar deals come up and he's like we can sell you the marine five and i'm sure they peacock would give a shit yeah. about <laughs> yeah. the movies the three have made the, sh- the chaperone and knucklehead mm-hmm. and the likes do you know or the main event that we watched last year that's on Netflix. That we did, yeah. Still available, chairshoppodcast.com, that, that commentary. Yeah, the, remember the main event of that movie has completely gone out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Joe? You, you, I, I'm, first of all, I'm just flabbergasted that someone other than me would want to bring up, explain, and, well, <laughs> hang on now. We'll change the name of the gimmick here. Wondertaker. Um, what's your take on it? I... I hadn't thought of the kind of angle that that you two kind of put forward, which is that ultimately it's a success because they were able to pivot it into a massive kind of streaming contract. I was looking at it with the kind of original goal that was, that it was to become like a self-sustaining channel. You know, it was supposed to be their own network or their own kind of over the top uh, streaming platform, their kind of Netflix or like all these 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 new channels that, that are launching now, Discovery right. Plus and yeah, everything. Um, so from that perspective, you have to say it was a failure because it it kind of replaced the pay per view business, but never really took off. But I think as a product, it was actually really good. I think what they did with it and putting all the pay per views on it, it was actually a fantastic product. Great for for fans, you know the value you got. Yeah, uh, for nine ninety nine a month for all of that content. And I think the, the execution of it was actually really good. I think the, the failure comes back to the reason, you know, for attendances being down, ratings being down, merchandise being down, is that they can't com- create compelling characters or stories anymore. And for me, I think that's ultimately why it, it failed in that one sense that it, it didn't become this kind of self-sustaining thing that they owned or could run. I think if... Right. They, if it's almost like if they'd launched pay-per-view in like 1992, you know, when the business was kind of going down the toilet. If they, if that's right. when they started doing pay-per-view, you might look at pay-per-view and think, oh, that's a failure. But actually it's because they're doing Bret Hart versus Duke, the dumpster, Josie as the pay-per-view main event. It's not because pay-per-view was, was necessarily a problem. It's, it's just the content that they're putting out there and the interest that's, that's in it was just not ever going to lead them to get three million four million subscribers so i think a, a success like as a product and for fans business failure but actually in the long run it, it kind of turned into a success because it got a big chunk of 
money from a peacock and they had yeah. this whole base. So yeah, Vince has done it again. I think it was always going to be a bit of a what's the phrase? Not a Schrodinger's cat, but like I think I think it was simultaneously like too good value in a sense. Yeah. Um it like because we've seen boxing and mixed martial arts go the way of streaming as well, but still have price associated to the pay-per-views. So yeah. if UFC, which who who watches UFC in 2021? Come on, Brock Lesnar's not there anymore, lads. Not 2009 <laughs> anymore. Um now you have to have an ESPN plus subscription to to buy the pay-per-views. Mm. So it's like they made a deal with ESPN, but on top of that, I'm sure they're still getting their pay-per-view money that they're getting previously. WWE was always too good value, but they it had to be to get people in the door, you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're paying your $9.99 and you get WrestleMania free. Um that in retrospect to me seems like a bad business decision, you know? Because mm. people I think still would have paid for WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, whether it be through the app like UFC do, or just yeah. like that, probably would have been the best way because then you can still say WrestleMania is only on the WWE network, and they get all the money for it. And and when this when this deal came out, uh, there was rumors of it, and when it, there was yeah. a rumor that Vince wanted to make a deal like that, ESPN Plus. Uh, I mean, when that rumor was going around, everyone was just shaking their heads, saying, "You cannot go backwards now. You have valued these shows at a tenner a month, a tenner a month with your entire back catalog." Um, so yeah, that's that's talk about selling. Like this type of thing, you wouldn't imagine. Like fifteen years ago, you couldn't tell yourself that Vince McMahon would do that. That he would undercut the value of WrestleMania so significantly. Yeah, and the problem is, like you say, when the tube is out of the toothpaste, like the teachers showed, too hard to get back in. But simultaneously, the the wrestling network is too niche a product to attract any sort of substantial numbers mm-hmm. you know so they were kind of caught in a catch-22 of they can't now charge you for wrestlemania yeah and as the great Corey graves i think once said <laughs> and i've never said that before didn't he say something about what was it who was it maybe it was not him maybe it was, oh, it was vic joseph i think it was who was like wrestling fans are fucking lazy they won't get off their arse to buy f- a five dollar show or whatever right but he's right. Like, if they had kept the WWE Network the price it was, let's say nine ninety nine, mm. and they're like, "Well, WrestleMania on top of that is now an extra nine ninety nine. Fucking no one would pay for it because they've already, as as Barry said, they've like undercut themselves already. And wrestling fans, uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I mean, I don't want to paint all wrestling fans in the world with with the same brush, but like, I just don't see. That going back to that model working at all once once they established the network as what it was, which is a shame because the money was there. Well, not really a shame because I paid for network for money in the bank like a Mark ski, <laughs> which paid off uh, last night. By the way, um, worst show I've well, probably the worst show I've ever paid money for. Um, but yeah, ultimately they got their big big fat wa- check, big fat wad of cash, and. Um, I don't know what that what's that going to mean for their like artistic endeavors going forward with regards to making extra content. Presumably there'll be still your twenty fours and and this and that, but that is a big given uh, that the yeah. network is going to exist as it is outside of the US. But how important the US is to their business? Yeah, I don't know if they'll just like knock down the head and be like, well, 
that's all that's all very up in the air people seem very kind of you know I, I'm sure they will keep doing their 24s and stuff but I, I suppose are they still going to be doing weird deep dive shit and getting their little mid-south tapes up on the network when the main goal is just you know we're on Peacock now so it's just put put, put Wrestlemania up and put Smackdown up that's, yeah. that's the main thing they got, thing, their, they got their money you know I'm yeah. sure in the contract there's some some uh, language in terms of they have to produce oh, of X course. amount yeah, yeah, yeah. of content, but once once the the marks are in the seats, yeah, you know, um, it is. It's funny that you mentioned the Disney thing. I mean that that's a really weird thing to to think about in context. Is like yeah, four billion or whatever it was they got one billion for like just four years of licensing. Like if they don't yeah. like this deal at the end of like four or five years or whatever it is, they can just say okay. We got our money. We'll sell it to ESPN next time. You know, it's it's crazy. It is, and these big money deals are so crazy when you try and like put them side by side. It's like when you consider like Star Wars being bought by Disney seemed to be like if if you had asked me, like, come up with one property being bought by another property. What is the single biggest they could ever do? And I would say, well, maybe Disney buying Star Wars. Um, but then we had like Microsoft buying Bethesda this year for like twice that amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> Just... yeah, craziness, craziness. What was that? Eight billion dollars, something like that. Yeah, something around that. Oh, like seven and a half or something. Yeah, fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Vince needs to sit down with Todd Howard and get some. <laughs> you can only get the network on like Game Pass. <laughs> well, Vince, you're not not quite nerdy enough. You need to uh, pull pull them trousers off a little bit, <laughs> throw your hair out into a little fro. Oh, that was a good. That was a good. Uh, brothers of discussion. I quite enjoyed that. I wanted to take the brothers of discussion. Yeah, quite yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, but we know you really only wanted to say the name of the feature. That's the real. Well, it's the fun part. That's the fun part. That's what everyone it really is. wants. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, any any just on the on the wrestling subject. I mean, did we all watch Dynamite this week? I thought it was it was quite great. Ah, uh, we always do, don't we? Yeah, I, I, not not too much news out of it, but I thought I thought it was a great episode of TV. Yeah, uh, bu- 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 bu. really really good women's match. Really oh good. yeah, Rio and Deeb. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there, Luther, there were there were two tag matches that were almost polar opposites in terms of. Timing and slickness, like Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy against TH Two. Yeah, just I don't know what what went wrong, but like Jack Evans couldn't do any moves. All of a sudden, Matt mm. Hardy just looks like he's in pain constantly when he tries to stand up and he has to put his leg out all weird. Um, I feel like he's looked like that for ten years at this stage. He has, like, he has yeah. to be fair, but now. The, the visual of him also being old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worse. Um, and then they did a real hand fist, ham fisted even. Um, like Hardy gets on the mic, the Jaguar mascot comes out and is dancing. Yeah. And oh my God, it was such a mess. Like I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah. Um, they seem to have Paige in like time filling mode do you know what i mean just like yeah not doing it i guess because look they want to do a kenny mox rematch and 
maybe save Paige versus Kenny for like because that seems to be the direction, but save it for like all, all out or something, which is fine, you know, old school wrestling thing. Really put him on the back burner for a few months so you slowly build him up. But fuck, they gotta have something better than this mat wrestling yeah. match yeah. hard. You know, the problem is you have to keep him hot also. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I wasn't a fan of that. Um. What else? Yeah, Rio against Serena Deeb was real good. Real good. Real good, yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not a huge Rio fan, to be honest. But she was good. This was good. I like the Rio. I like the Deeb. I like the Rio. Um, um, the other tag match you were referencing was, was FTR versus um, the Sidels. No. no <laughs> that was even worse. No, Young Bucks. <laughs> it was really good. What are you talking about? I like that match. No. Um... No, that's I'm what I mean. The, I'm, I mean I'm no Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy and TH2 was bad. Um, Young Bucks against Santana Ortiz was really good. Really good and yeah. then and then Matt Seidel and his his shitter brother. Oh, this is outrageously <laughs> harsh. <on this laughs> uh, it just seemed like everything that Matt Seidel could do, Mike Seidel can can do also do, but like ten percent. You can do, I can do. Oh. <laughs> Did you not think so? I like. I, well, I, I I didn't think he was amazing, but I thought the match was, was good fun. Um, I thought it was a good. It was exactly what it was supposed to be, which was it was a good FTR showcase, you know. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. I I couldn't get into into poor Mike Seidel. But <laughs> the rest of and his little shit tattoos. On yeah, the tattoos are great, but you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much more to say about that one. No, but the, the Young Bucks um, Santana Ortiz match is great. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Very good. Um, they didn't do the title switch that some people were, were hoping for. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it wouldn't have made sense with the, with the inner circle stuff at the moment, but it would have been interesting, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, then we had some some very odd segments. Uh, some were really good, and some were really not good. Uh, first of all, well, match Orange Cassidy against Luther in the battle of the 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 person who was really good, but who I'm I'm a little tired of, and the person who was never good. Um, that match was nothing. Then you had um Brian Cage powerbomb Sting. <gasps> It was pretty pretty big power bomb as well. It wasn't a gentle one, was it? It was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Sting probably said, "Well, I'll come out and I'll." Uh, they beat me up. Taz put me in the Taz mission, right? And they yeah. say, "No, Sting, you're going to get power bombed by the biggest, most muscly man in the world." <laughs> and that's why. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a proper power bomb. He threw him on the floor. It was a nice visual though. Sting line, I'll beat up. It was. It was good. change. It was good to finally get some some juice, you know, in in this yeah. in this feud. Hmm? He is an old man. He's fucking seventy years old. Old man. Why? Okay, Natty has has asked the question. Why would you want to see an old man beat up? And I'm gonna uh, refer you to the court case of any time you see an old person slip on the church stairs, <laughs> and it's it's because <sighs> um, tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> That's my answer. Um, yeah, poor Sting. He got beat up real bad. Yeah. And then you had yeah. Kenny Omega in a preschool reading the Young Bucks book. And one of the kids asked, are they in love? And I laughed. 
<laughs> I I thought this was like I'm ashamed to admit it. I thought this was quite funny. And it, I didn't like a lot of the rest of it, but I did like there was one bit where one of the kids put their hands up to ask a question, and there was like a hard edit to where they just ignored the child. Every every instance of a child speaking was like obviously ADR'd after the fact because I, I imagine <laughs> it was a fucking nightmare trying to get these children to ask questions the right way. <laughs> <laughs> not just mumble or dribble all over themselves, you know. Yeah. Are they in love? Oh, I've, I've enjoyed the last two weeks of Kenny's skits, to be fair. No. Uh, and what else did we then have? Oh, a, a bit that I was totally set up for to be self-indulgent tripe, but that turned out to not to be, was the uh, the gender reveal for Cody and Brandy's baby. It was nice and quick, I guess, yeah. It went on for about 10 seconds, and then they moved on. I was like, yep, perfect. It's a... What, what is it? A girl. It's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a bit where Brandy came up on screen and was like, we missed the fans. We're going to give you something to... You know, we're going to... Yeah, we're gonna give you oh, I was like, something. no! We're going to let you know the gender of our child. That's giving you something, Brandy. I don't care. <laughs> but it was very quick. Um, almost so quick that I didn't realize what was happening because they came out on stage and suddenly it was like it's a girl and then they left. <laughs> like you kind of expected like Cody to come out and to destroy something that sets off a firework and then Snoop Dogg comes out and does the the twelve inch mix of his song where he says yo yo Cody Rhodes he's having a girl by the way. <laughs> yeah. It was all about, yeah, I I don't know. I just expected, like, Cody almost didn't even sell it. It was so quick. Was like, oh, that's a girl, all right. But he's not going to sell it for a girl, come on. <laughs> anyway, young Dustina will be with us in, uh, in a few months. No, Cody with an eye. Oh, even worse. It's not worse than Dustina. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I know and I don't mean to be mean obviously Cody loved, loved his dad very very much but you know when he has a son it's going to be Lil Dusty 100% Lil Dusty what? is he giving birth to a 76 Dodge Charger what <laughs> <laughs> and you have a little dusty and you have the little you'll have the dusty roads voice by the little kid he's <laughs> <laughs> oh. two is four did he oh, that's the... anyway oh, and then you had a fun main event fun a fun main, main event, event. And then they said, uh, the good brothers come out and Omega and they beat up Moxley and said they're going to have an FMW Cactus Jack Terry Funk exploding, exploding barbed wire death no rope, match. barbed wire death match. Hell yeah. Uh, it's an interesting turn of events. I wasn't expecting this. No. Especially after they already, they already seemingly had their crazy hardcore match. Now they're going to try and top it it looks like 
Yeah, let's hope it's not as boring as that <laughs> first one because that was a. Oh, I liked the first one. I liked the first I, one. Oh, I can't go on with that. Um, yeah, interesting to see where this goes. It's been a weird feud. Weird yeah, feud. It, I don't know if the the impact and New Japan stuff is a little bit distracting from mm. the uh, the actual feud. Yeah, yeah. Should look. And uh, that was Dynamite. Um, the pay-per-view is in two weeks. Um, yep. The show, not this week, but next week's Dynamite then is the Shaq and Cody gimmick, mm. um, which will be something. Yeah, that's 3rd of March, that one. Yeah, whatever that ends up being, we will find out together. Um. So uh, yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it for our show this week. Um, yeah, we learned that Anna Jay is injured today as well. She's going to be out for six to twelve months, apparently. Six to twelve, Jesus. Um, yeah, that sucks. So um, the uh, the women, the next chapter of the women's uh, tournament is tonight on YouTube. We'll talk about it. Maybe uh, I didn't love the first. Um, episode on YouTube there. Um, that was all right. Um, the production is dreadful. They are in a garage somewhere, um, filming that thing. But uh, yeah, the the next episode is tonight with the next round of the Japanese matches and uh, Britt Baker versus. I guess now it's a Thunder Rosa student is facing Britt Baker and um. Take Conti versus Nyla Rose. So that should be all right. So I'll check that out. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to talk about it next week. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Chairshoppodcast.com at Chairshoppod on Twitter, of course. It's where you can go to get all the extra info you might need. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.